Warrior Woman. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is a recording of my Instagram live that I did with Lucy Bartholomew on Sunday evening here in the North. Lucy and I first connected when she made a post on her Instagram about periods and running. Well, running with her period. And this post connected us, but it also started uh, quite a, a very cool conversation within her community. Lucy has a very big following. She is a ultra uh, endurance marathon runner. And so it sparked a big conversation with a lot of female endurance athletes. From here, we then did a podcast together. So Lucy was my first episode in my Essential Skills for Training series where uh, she jumped on and we spoke about her training practice uh, and Towards the end, we came into this space, this conversation about cycles and periods and how within the endurance community, it's actually not spoken about a lot. And there's a lot of younger female endurance athletes that don't have cycles. And as Lucy said, one of the takeaways from the podcast, uh, to quote her, she said, if you can take anything away from the podcast... And she listed three things. And one of those three things was, if you don't have a period, that's a problem. So after we did the podcast, we connected again and said, okay, we should do an Instagram live where we have a bigger conversation around periods and running. So we jumped on Instagram live uh, on Sunday and we had a conversation about the menstrual cycle, so some of the science behind the cycle. And then we looked at, well, what's actually happening in the cycle and how may that impact running, uh, especially in an endurance sport. So we looked at a bit of training with the menstrual cycle. And then the last piece we uh, spoke about was this art of talking about it. How as females and as male coaches, we aren't really taught how to navigate this world of periods and training. So we spend some time talking about how to navigate this conversation as a female athlete and as a male coach. We got some questions uh, that came through that we didn't have time. We wanted to keep her short and sweet uh, And we didn't have time to answer them. So I've asked people to comment on the posts that we've made uh, around that talk that we did if they have questions. And I will create some content and some videos uh, based on the questions that you have. So if you listen to it, uh, if you listen to the episode and you have some questions, please feel free to either email me, DM me, or just comment on the post uh, on my page or Lucy's page. And then I'll start creating some content. Okay, so enjoy, enjoy this uh, chat with Lucy and I on period. This is the Off Kilter Podcast. It is about breaking rules, listening to your ovaries, and coloring outside of the lines. Each week, we will connect and be in conversation about how to reignite your sexuality, feel powerfully graceful, and deeply connected to your body, all while navigating life. I am your teacher, Amy Kate Burr. 
right. Hi. Hi, how are you? I am well. How are you? I'm good, yeah. I'm just kind of getting into the groove of Monday. Monday. My rest, rest day. day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So My days, you know. <laughs> oh, it is. I, I need to fill the things. You know, I've taken the dog for a walk. I'm like writing these uh, cards to send people. I on the um, on Friday I started selling these transfers to yeah. um, to send people, and I have four hundred of them now to um, to hand write to everyone. So I'm like, oh, this is going to fill my rest day perfectly. Yeah. You did that on purpose, Lucy, to fill yeah, that rest yeah. day. I, I you know I was going to do some over the weekend, and then I was like, oh no, I got to save this for the for the Monday. For the Monday. <laughs> How are you? I'm well. I'm glad to be a part of your rest day Monday again. Yeah, I know. So we did a podcast together, um, which I will put in my link in my bio after this. Um, but it was one of the, yeah, one of the podcasts, you know, I said to you, I think I said it on, I don't know if we were recording at that time, but I've done a lot of podcasts and I kind of get a bit, uh, a little bit tired of saying the same thing. Cause I get kind of the same questions. Um, but with your podcast, I was like, oh, this is different. This is something that I think needs to be spoken about. And at the end of it, you know, one of the questions that you asked me in the, in the quick fire round was, you know, where are you at in your cycle? And I was like, sorry, what? <laughs> and I was like, wow, I don't really know anything about this. And then when I, you know, people listened to the podcast and they were just like, oh, I would be super interested to hear more about this. And then when I said, put up, we put up the posts together to say, we're going to do this talk. So many people were like, I have questions. This is so awesome. So I'm stoked we can do this. Yeah, me too. Uh, and I guess for those out there, Lucy and I connected because she made a post a little while ago about having a period and then running. And I connected with her uh, because yeah, like Lucy just said, it's not often spoken about, uh, especially in an endurance-based sport, especially when we're like dealing with a female athlete. So we connected and then we did a podcast together and then we thought that we would jump on and do this live uh, and talk more about periods. <laughs> because if you listen to the podcast, it was one of the, if you take anything away from this podcast, uh, it was around the periods. And if you don't have a period, it's a problem. Yeah. 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 So I thought, the way that I love to break it down when I talk about it is talking a little bit about the menstrual cycle uh, and then looking at how to train with the cycle. And then the last piece, I think, which I find super fascinating is almost the art of talking about it. So like as a coach or a female athlete, how do you talk about it? So I thought that we would just do that, break it down in those, those three little sections. Yeah. So yeah, my rapid fire questions that I ask at the end of my podcast, one of them is what day are you on? And uh, I catch a lot of females being like, oh, actually, hold on. I'm going to go to my app or I don't know. Uh, and so uh, my work is teaching women how to get the results that they want in their training, uh, whatever that means to them. Uh, through understanding their cycle. So a big part of my work is looking at the science of the cycle. So let's dive in and we'll have a little bit of a, uh, a talk about what a cycle looks like. So I think when we think about training and performance, uh, there are a lot of tools out there that we can use to support our training or support our performance. 
Uh, and what's not used very often and what we're not taught about is our menstrual cycle. And I believe it's a tool that we can use to support our training. So if we think about, let's look at what's going on in a cycle. Now, there's a big red balloon rule, and I want you to hold this in mind when we talk about it, is that there is no such thing as a normal cycle, and no two cycles could be the same. So, you know, my cycle might be different to Lucy's cycle, Lucy's cycle is different to my cycle, but that's our normal. But then also, depending on what's going on, in our life. So I talk about it as a red umbrella. So I want you to imagine an umbrella and now an umbrella has all these prongs that give it its shape, that allow it to do its job. So we have prongs. Uh, and so if you think of the umbrella as us, like our nervous system, so how well, you know, our body's functioning, how well we can recover, our energy, our, how well uh, we're dealing with stress. Now we have all these prongs. So training, running is a prong. Uh, food is a prong. Sleep is a prong. So if you think about all these prongs, now if one or more aren't working right, for whatever reason, that could affect our cycle, which is why every cycle might, might not be the same. Uh, but normally if our red umbrella is pretty strong, if we're doing the right type of training for our physiology, the right amount, if we're eating enough food, if we're recovering well and we're sleeping, we pretty much should have a regular cycle that arrives on time and mostly without symptoms. Now, what's a regular cycle? Well, there's a textbook cycle. Yeah, so most of the literature, most of the research uh, that you read and hear about is talks about this 28-day cycle. And that's a textbook cycle. So if you think from day one is the day that you start to bleed all the way around 28 days, and then I bleed again. But most women don't have a textbook cycle. And we can chat about that and what that looks like with our training. But let's just say I have a pretty regular cycle. So like 28, 30 days. And now it can be shorter and it can be extended depending on what's, uh, what's going on and what's my normal. Now there's four phases that need to happen in a cycle. So phase one is menstruation. So when we bleed, now that could be three days, it could be five days, it could be seven days, depending on what's normal for us. And then there's phase two, which is the second phase of our follicular phase. So if you think like zoom out, we've got two main phases. So we've got our follicular phase, which is the first phase of our cycle, and then our luteal phase, which is the second phase of our cycle. Now, if we go down a little deeper, when we look at uh, performance and training and recovery, we wanna break it down even further because our hormones change throughout the cycle. So it's broken down into four phases. So the first is your menstruation, so when you're actually bleeding. And then the second phase is that second phase of the follicular phase up until ovulation. Now, if I uh, ovulate, which I should, if I have a regular healthy cycle, I should be ovulating. Uh, it should happen around day 14, 15, 16, depending on the length of my cycle. And then there's phase three, which is ovulation to that early mid luteal phase, which is the early mid second phase of our cycle. And then we have the fourth phase, which is uh, what we most commonly know is like the premenstrual phase. Yeah, that's five to seven days uh, before we get our period that we know that. <laughs> <laughs> we send off warning signs. <laughs> yes, yes. 
so we're actually quite comfortable and a lot of women actually really know uh, about that fourth phase, <laughs> whether that's, you know, unfortunately through a lot of PMS stuff, but uh, so there are four phases. Now those four phases should happen if we have this healthy regular cycle that arrives pretty much on time. Now this is, you know, we have to think about, okay, so I could, there could be a medical condition, there could be postpartum, you know, breastfeeding, there's lots of variables. But for today, we're just going to think, okay, you know, if I am in, you know, my menstruation phase of my life, if I haven't had a baby, if I'm not breastfeeding, I should have this healthy cycle that's regular. Now, our hormones change throughout that cycle, and that affects a lot of stuff, how we feel, how we use food as fuel, the types of training that we can do, uh, our immune system. It can affect the risk of different types of injuries. And so understanding this is the first piece. So when I'm working with females, it's do you know your cycle? Uh, and so let's have a look at the hormones. So when I'm menstruating, when I'm bleeding, my hormones are flat. They're flat lines. Nothing's going on. And now at around day seven, eight, nine, ten, I start to get this surge in estrogen, which is the dominant hormone in my first phase of my cycle. And so she comes on stage. I call her Beyonce. She's like, she's alluring. She's confident. She's like sexy. She's strong. She um, can learn complex dance routines. So she comes on stage and that's when we feel pretty good. Uh, and then the second phase of our cycle, we get this increase in progesterone. And then when we're in that PMS phase or our premenstrual phase, that's when we get that drop in hormones. So if you look at it, there's like this nice little fluctuation. Now, if I don't have a cycle, well, there's no hormones. It's kind of flatlined, yeah? And like I said, it can impact, you know, how we feel, how we use food as fuel, our performance, our training. And that kind of brings you the conversation around stress. And so when I'm, when I'm working with females, often what happens is that they undernourish and they overtrain and this creates mm -hmm. stress on the body. So we're going to talk a little bit about stress because if you don't have a healthy regular cycle that comes on time is pretty normal. Uh, if there's an absence of a cycle or if you're not ovulating or you have a lot of PMS symptoms, that's telling us that the red umbrella or the body is stressed. So there's something going on. So what's actually happening? So our brain, like we're designed, females are designed to reproduce, to have a baby. Now, whether or not we want to, that it doesn't matter. Our brain just thinks that's why we have a cycle. So we have the opportunity to reproduce. Now the brain thinks, okay, you know, if I'm training the right amount, I'm eating enough food, I'm recovering. The brain is like, yep, this is good. We're not stressed. We have the resources to have a baby. So then it signals our brain to make two hormones, which is luteinizing hormone and follicle stimulating hormone. And now then they stimulate the two dominant hormones in our ovaries, which is what we just spoke about, estrogen and progesterone. So we need those two hormones to come on stage uh, for our cycle to happen. Now that's if everything's good, but life is stressful. <laughs> the rhythm of the world is stressful. Uh, training is a stressor, so we forget that, yeah? We forget that actually it can be really stressful. And then if the brain perceives that we don't have the resources to, to deal with that, then it goes, uh-uh, 
not the right time to have a baby. This is not a good idea. So it slows this communication system from the brain to the ovaries. And then we get this slow pulses of these two hormones, which is then when we can start to see irregular cycles, longer cycles, shorter cycles, painful cycles, no cycles, is because the brain is perceiving a situation to be stressful. And yeah. so just on, just on that, you know, it's very common for um, women at elite levels that their body, you know, you prepare for a race and you put yourself under stress. And so they kind of, you know, if I use my own experience as an example, um, getting ready for Western States 2018. So I started training pretty hard in December. I probably stopped having my period around March, but I was like, yeah, you know, like I'm training really hard for this hundred miles. This will be fine. It'll be fine. Didn't have it for April, May, June, probably July. Like race was in June, July. Didn't have it. Um, kept traveling August, September, October, you know, and you're just like, oh yeah, no, but I'm traveling. I'm still recovering. Like, you know, that's going to add up. Right. And that's going to have a, an, a negative effect on your body. Yeah, because you think it's like putting so much stress on your red umbrella. So yes, it's the training is one piece. So the training volume, the K's that you're doing, like that is, it's a lot. Uh, and then yes, you think that you could be eating enough food and sometimes females are, they are eating enough and that's good. But then there's lots of other things, yeah? It's mm. the, the traveling, which affects the circadian rhythm. Maybe the recovery protocol is not you know, as good. Maybe there's a lot of stuff going on in a relationship or, you know, there's so many variables. But I think when it comes to uh, training and performance and sport, especially in endurance and ultra endurance, is that we have this, uh, like this low energy availability that we can't, we just literally can't get enough food in for the amount of volume that we do in the training. And so, um, my background's in dietetics and I did a lot of sports uh, dietitian stuff and they used to call it the female triad. So mm. yeah. Reds. Endurance. Is this reds? Yeah. Now it's, yeah, reds. And so that's really just an energy deficiency in sports and they've renamed it. They put a lot of work into it because this is what they were seeing. They were seeing females in this space that, you know, wanted to compete in the sport, but just had this such low energy availability. They couldn't get the energy in. And so then that's when we're seeing, you know, uh, effects on performance, recovery, menstrual irregularities, uh, you know, bone injuries. injuries. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So they're actually doing a lot of work in it right now, which is super cool because if you look at the research, there's actually not a lot of research uh, in this, this space. Uh, I found like this one research study on young elite female swimmers that, uh, you know, if they trained really hard in like the first phase of their cycle, they got a better time, you know, in their 400 than they did if they were in, you know, their second phase of their cycle. But there's only very few studies out there and I think that's also important to talk about. It's like, why? Why isn't there research? Because we're really actually hard to study, <laughs> which is why often they use males uh, mm. because we actually have a menstrual cycle. But what's not being spoken about is that our physiology is different from a male's. And the biggest difference is that we have a cycle. And so we need to talk about that. And so when it comes to training, uh, the biggest thing that I think uh, I talk about when we talk about training is that 
it's just a tool. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't race or that we don't train or that we avoid it at certain times. What it really means is that do you understand your cycle? So do you know the length of it? Because the length of it will determine where your hormones are and when you can get the most out of it, yeah? So if we look at it, okay, so the re some of the research shows that the first phase of our cycle, so weeks one and weeks two, we actually can train harder. We can train longer. We feel pretty good. Our physiology, especially in that first week, is quite similar to a male's, as in, hmm. yeah, uh, we can uh, use carbohydrates better as fuel because we have low estrogen so the estrogen doesn't get in the road so we can actually access it better and use it as uh fuel better we can recover better research some research shows we feel less pain uh in this sec in this first phase especially in that second week of our cycle because beyonce so estrogen and testosterone yeah she brings some backup dances and one of them's testosterone and so that that helps us uh push harder so we can push harder, we can train longer. Uh, that's the time to do like your intense efforts, your sprints, you know, push your VO2, uh, do some bike sessions. Uh, if you lift, lift heavier weights because those hormones are there, they're on stage to support, to support that training load. Uh, and then as we enter weeks three and weeks four, it can be a little harder. And I always will use can and may because it's not always the case. Yeah, if you're really good at nourishing your body, recovering well, looking after that red umbrella, uh, you're trying to train with your physiology and you're taking into account your menstrual cycle, you should be able to still train hard uh, in the second phase. But there's some things that we have to be a bit more mindful of. So progesterone, which is the dominant hormone in the second phase. And I don't have a name. So maybe we could come up a name for progesterone. People are loving the names. Honestly, <laughs> people are just, I think this is the best thing. <laughs> when you said it on the podcast, yeah. I was like, yeah. I'll never listen to, you know, like all the single ladies the same way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Progesterone. She's super important. Like we need her, yes, to have a baby, but we also need her for, you know, uh, our mind, our anxiety. Uh, she helps calm us. Um, but she can cause some problems. <laughs> well, not problems, but she can be a little difficult when we want to perform because what happens is that she increases our core temperature. So our core temperature rises in the second phase of our cycle. Uh, she likes to break down our muscles a little bit more. So we have what's called like protein catabolism. So catabolism just means eating. So likes to eat our muscles a little more. Uh, and we can't retain as much sodium in our body. So we can actually lose a little bit more sodium. So what that means for like an endurance-based sport, in the second phase of their cycle, if they're running or racing in a hotter, more humid environment, that it could potentially feel harder now there's no research to actually say that your results would be poorer it just might feel a little harder because your core temperature is higher you potentially could lose a little bit more sodium uh, but what we have to do is we have to just use strategies if you we know that yeah and this is why if you know that you know you have a 32-day cycle this is when you ovulate this is when you go into the second half of your cycle. You know that you're going to be a little hotter 
that uh, you potentially could lose a little more sodium, so more watery fruits and veggies. Yeah, more watermelon. <laughs> more watermelon. I can yeah. do that. Someone um, says progesterone sounds like Greta Thunberg, <laughs> which I think is so relevant right now. <laughs> I'm a fan of that. <laughs> Beyonce and Greta just haven't had it. <laughs> yeah. I think dance, obviously, and they get along. But, um, yeah, it's just when Greta comes on stage that, you know, she can make us feel a little hotter. Our, she actually increases melatonin, which is our sleep hormone. So we do crave a little bit more rest. So mm -hmm. what it means is that if you have a race or you have – long training runs planned in that second phase it doesn't mean don't do it or don't race uh you know some females that i've worked with have felt amazing because their protocol is really solid they've eaten enough food they know that their core temperature is a little higher uh they've got all like their hydration really it comes to hydration especially if you're racing in that second phase of the cycle. Uh, and so, mm. yeah, it's just understanding how long is my cycle? Because if I have a 30-day cycle, you know, I know that I'm going to have this, like, build, this peak around day 10, 14, 15, 16, that I know I'm going to have a little bit of a maintenance, and then I know I'm going to have that week four, five to seven days, yeah, that might feel a little harder. But if I have a really short cycle, I need to know that because – I could be, uh, I peak a little earlier and then I need to deload a little quicker. But if I don't know that, I could be then trying to peak when I really need to just to put all those strategies in place to make sure that I'm recovering. Or if I have a really long cycle, like a 35-day cycle, everything's expanded. And so mm -hmm. I just need to know that, okay, I might have a bigger build phase yeah, I might have, I might peak around here where I could go for, you know, my intense efforts, my long run, my PB, and then a maintenance phase. And then my, my deload phase might be like, like way, yeah, like not until like day 30, if I have a 35 day cycle. So the first piece in this is like tracking your cycle. Do you know what day you are on? Do you know how long your cycle is? Uh, and then just looking for patterns, patterns in how mm. you felt how the run went, how your training went, how your recovery went, and you're just data collecting. Uh, Which there's like really good apps for that, right? Yeah. So I just did a podcast with Fitter Woman, which is uh, probably my favorite app out there. They're research scientists in the UK that are actually doing some really amazing work around female physiology and training with the cycle. So they work with a lot of athletes, they work with Chelsea, the female football team uh, that tracked their cycle a couple of years ago. And so I sat down with uh, Esther from Fitter Woman. And what you can do is you have the app, you can track your cycle, but they also give you education on, okay, you're in this phase of the cycle. Like, you know, this is the type of training that, you know, might go really well with that. This is some nutrition tips because food's a really big, powerful player. And that's a whole nother instagram life like eating eating and making sure that you're nourishing yourself enough to you know to support your cycle but that's what i find uh and what esther finds as well with females is that they're undernourished so they're not actually eating enough now enough for you is very different to me and it depends on the type of training and the type of stressor uh you know if you're preparing for a race or whatever you're doing but 
yeah, that's, that's a big one that we spoke about. So Theatre Woman's probably my favourite one to go and explore to start. I'm old school, so I just write in a journal. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. I think, um, yeah, I think it's a really fascinating thing. I remember talking to a, um, a guy who's a coach and he coaches hundreds and hundreds of athletes, men and women, and he kind of said, you know, like, no, there's no coaches out there that really seem to train women individually based off their cycle because uh, it's kind of you know it's not really spoken about uh, especially as a guy to be asking a girl about these things for some reason there's this like my coach David uh, David Roach is just everything and anything please like add you know tell me all about it don't you know but don't hold back don't think that this is something that you can't speak to me about he wants to know the nitty-gritty details um, and as willing as I am, and I think that the reason our relationship works really well is because I'm not holding back. Like, I'll let you know if everything and anything that's going on. Because um, there's no shame in it. And the thing is, is that he coaches, you know, hundreds of other women. And, you know, I'm sure he gets like a, a scale of everything and anything to nothing at all. And his ability to change my training based on how I feel, how my sleep is, how I'm fueling, how the stress is. You know, we've got a lot of athletes in our sport. And the most recent one I can think of is Mimi Kotka, uh, who came out and she kind of said, you know, I'm so sick of not having good races and not feeling good. And I don't know, I don't know whether she got medically diagnosed, but she said, I'm struggling with reds. And I think it was just like, you know, I was like, hallelujah, you know, someone who's at the really top of the sport, really well known has kind of said, you know, I'm struggling with this. And she is a nutritionist by um, study. She is, you know, she's so mature and wise and yet she can also trip up on this. And I think that for me as a 24 year old I was like oh thank god I'm not the only one that like I was told by so many people you know you need to eat you need a rest if you don't have a period it's a problem you know like stress plus rest equals growth and I was still like no nah, I'm good like <laughs> I'm gonna learn my own way and yeah. I did and it wasn't pretty and it wasn't fun and people will continually learn and be like oh no that's not me no no like I don't get a period because of something else. Like it's not my problem when it is, you know, like you have your body, this is your home, your shell, your, your livelihood. And you need to listen to all those signs. And, you know, if you feel, you know, a tight muscle, we stretch. If you um, feel a little sad, you, yeah. You know, these days mental health is massive and everyone's like, Oh, I need to talk to someone. Um, but for some reason, you know, like this, this, um, signal that comes to you and should come to you every month to say, Hey, good work. Like a plus to you, you're doing great. Um, and if that doesn't happen, then like, yeah, probably fail. Like you didn't do it. Like, come on, lift your game, start studying, start working, talk to people, find out these answers. And, um, I found since getting it, getting my period back after that 2018 Western States is that, it really does change your body. And I was like, wow, this is really hard. Like there's days that I'm just like, you know, I follow my, um, you know, I follow my training plan and it'll be like a long run and I'll be like, no, this is, um, this is, this is not going to happen. I feel terrible. Like I feel really bloated. My, my clothes fit differently, you know, like 
especially some of those tighter Solomon outfits, I'm like, oh, probably not today. <laughs> um, but it's just like totally embrace that. And I found that the moment that you just get let go of like needing to tick boxes and do it all right, it, you know, it's like the body, again, the stress goes down and the body's like, thanks, finally let me just do what I need to do. And, you know, you'll be back at it in, in a few days' time. <laughs> Yeah, I love, there's so many good points in there. Lucy, the first one is around like the art of talking about it, like having a conversation. Uh, I do so much. Well, I've been a coach for 12 years. You know, I did my two degrees and I, we weren't really taught about it. Yeah, and there's so many male coaches out there that aren't taught about it. So uh, I think it's an art having the conversation, but also empowering women to learn about it themselves. Well, I just want to jump in quickly um, and we've got Rick17101 and I just want to point out him saying, oh, geez, periods, this feed isn't for me. Yeah. And let me tell you that this should be for you, whether you're a man, woman, dog, cat, I don't care who you are. You're going to have women friends. You might have a special woman in your life, um, but you need to understand because I, this is the problem. You know, people are like, oh, periods, what? Bleeding? Ew. Um, You cut your your finger you bleed as well like we are all human we are all on the same level and it does my head in that people just have this kind of like oh no 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 we don't talk about that you know we've made mental health really uh, available to talk about um we've made breast cancer getting mammograms like all that is like seems to be fine uh, but I really, I really have a, like, I'm not having to go at Rick, but I think, yeah, like, uh, field notes by Angie says you should stay Rick and maybe yeah. you can learn something. Yeah. And that's, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure where the resistance comes from when, you know, where we're talking to males, even women, you know, I've worked with some women when I start working with them and they're so uncomfortable to talk about it. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's, it takes time. But for a coach, if you're training females, like you need to understand it, the, even the, the basics of a cycle. Uh, and then I think some of my favorites are, hey, I've been doing some real and training, you know. Would you mind if I talk to you about your cycle? And I think when we have these conversations, we always need to ask for permission when we are talking or about something that may be a little uncomfortable. Now, I don't think it should be uncomfortable, but you know, Lucy, maybe not, not everyone's like super like, like okay and comfortable with it like we are, yeah? And I think my work, and I do a lot of work with male coaches, it's giving them some tools to get curious about it. Start with understanding the science, what's actually happening. Why does that matter? Well, it matters because our physiology is different. We're different <laughs> on mm. a physiological level. And that matters if you're training females, if you're coaching females, you know, if you are connected to females in any way. Uh, and then ask permission, you know, be brave, yeah? Be, be the male that has the conversation. Be the coach that does that because that's cool. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not to shy away from it. Uh, and so I, well, like I've, I've only had male coaches and this is the first one, David being the first one that was kind of like, yeah, like nothing is out of bounds. Nothing is off limits. And having known exactly where I'd come from, he was like, I know that you're, this is going to be new to you in a, in a weird way. Like at 24, you're kind of just going to learn. And, um, yeah, I think that that's, uh, something that is really, really, 
takes both you as an athlete, your relationship with your coach, but also just your relationship with your body because David has nothing but respect for the women, what women go through and the way the women's body works. And that's just something that, yeah, he's just like, wow, that it's incredible how different all my female athletes are, but I want to learn each and every one of you what that, what that makes you feel like, what that makes you feel like, and, you know, what we can do to, um, yeah, to only bring out the best in you. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> you <on>. would. <laughs> yeah, he needs to come on and talk about it <laughs> from a male perspective, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So this person here in the comments says, um, can you chat about iron loss, anemia too, and the effects on training? Okay, that's a, that's a big <laughs> question that we, we could probably do another talk. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, so iron, is, it's quite a complicated uh, topic. Uh, and so I can uh, do a video on it or do something to get into it because I, when I get a question, I really want to dive deep into it and be able to answer it properly uh yeah so we'll um i'll do something on that and so we okay can, so yeah the, i think a lot of the time what what i'm going to do is the all the questions that people commented on my post and the ones that are being posted here in the live we'll just kind of like uh maybe through stories and i'll just sh uh, save it in my highlights reel and then people can just look at it all the time um, but yeah. yeah, I think that, you know, we don't want to, there's lots of questions. Lots of people have, um, yeah, there's so so many. So if we can go back <laughs> through them and then we can like answer them, answer them properly. I would love, I can just do little short, like little video series on answering them to make sure. I know there was a couple on your, um, on your page that people asked about that. I did make some notes. Uh, I did look at what we were, what they asked about. Uh, so one was like, do, do we feel less pain when we're actually menstruating? Cause I can push myself harder. So I get that a lot because we're led to believe that. And now sometimes if my cycle might be giving me some trouble and I experience PMS and, you know, we, we might have a really hard, uh, week four and week one. So we might have a really hard first few days of bleeding. Now, you know, to be a little uncomfortable is normal and to have a little bit of a low energy is normal, but Mostly if we have a pretty good, healthy, regular cycle that arrives on time, we should actually feel pretty good, you know, from day two, three. Uh, and so the question was around, you know, I feel good when I am uh, menstruating, but I always thought that we shouldn't push hard. But can we? And yes, you can. Uh, if yeah. eating enough, if you feel good, and research shows that we do actually feel less pain, especially when Beyonce and testosterone Jay-Z, I guess. Have it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then the second one was, I was a bit more complex. Uh, it was around period cramps and a hernia. Uh, and that would, what initially came straight to me was to see a pelvic floor specialist. Uh, anything that, you know, has to do with hernias or the uterus or, you know, feeling like you need to pee all the time or peeing or you've had a baby, uh, to work with a pelvic floor specialist is such an amazing, magical thing. And you can learn so much about, um, you know, your pelvic floor. And it's so important, but yet yeah, so, so deeper. And I'm probably not the person to talk about around hernias and pelvic floor health. There is amazing practitioners out there around the pelvic floor. But I know it's a big one for women, especially after they've had babies. 
and they want to get back into the sport, uh, that they can have some pelvic floor stuff going on. So work with a pelvic floor specialist. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I know there's lots of other questions, but we'll save it and we'll, we'll, um, we'll go through them, Lucy. Yeah. So, you know, everyone's who watches and who watches this after the live, if you go back to that post um, where I post about this live, just write them into there. And if there's some that we're like, oh, this could be like a really good live again, we'll just jump on because I just think that the more, t- more we speak about it, the, you know, like I'm so lucky to have an amazing platform that is, it's quite large and spans around the world, but uh, yeah, to use that for something that kind of means that when younger women come up into this sport and, you know, young girls and, and guys and coaches and stuff can come to this and, um, you know, create a little bit of change around that. So thank you for your time. No, and, thank uh, you. Yeah. Thank you for um, starting this important conversation. I think it's so important and, like, we've seen uh, the engagement that you've gotten from from just opening up the conversation and really I think – if, if I know we didn't go to super detail, it's hard because everyone's cycle is so different and everyone's training is so different, uh, you know, so you can reach out individually if you want, but it's just starting the conversation. It's just getting curious. Hey, do I know about my cycle? Yeah, why is it important? Could it be important? Mm. Is it a tool? Yes, it is. Now let's get to, to know about it. Does my coach know about it? Are they interested in knowing about it? What's actually happening? Yeah, in the cycle. Yeah, I 100% all of that. I just think it's, uh, yeah, I mean, I will say that I was one of the people that was just like, nah, I don't really talk about that stuff. Like, I just run and I, yeah, like, that's it. (laughs) But yeah, when I kind of got my period back, I was like, wow, I don't really know how to manage this. Like, you know, what can I do that's eco-friendly way to use it? What can I do that kind of limits, you know, the the pain and the, the changes that happen? And, you know, how can I talk to my dad about it? And how can I, you know, so we can all understand. And, um, yeah, and now I'm just like, oh, hey, like, instead of just asking out, talking to you personally, I was like, heck, let's like share this to the world. Yeah, because everyone, and that's, and, we, and that's so important because we shouldn't feel shame. If we don't know the answers, it's because mm. we weren't taught about it, which is crazy. Yeah, we weren't taught yeah. how to navigate it as women, as athletes, as coaches. And so starting to help each other because we're stronger together to navigate this and be like, hey, yes, like what do I do if I'm like running for like three days and I have my period and like, what do I do? Do I like use a tampon? What do I like? What am I doing? I want to be environmentally friendly. Like those are important conversations. And if we don't know like that we can speak about it or who we could speak about it to. Yeah. Like we said before, it's stressful. It's like a chronic underlying stressor that we might not be consciously aware of, but subconsciously we think about it all the time. And then also on the other side is like, if you don't have a period, yeah like that's it's not normal it's a problem but don't feel shame for that it's just that Mm. you might have not been educated about it you don't know why it's important you know what we need you potentially you're undernourishing yourself so that might be affecting your performance imagine if we could nourish you up you know you get your cycle and you can perform better like it's yeah i think shame don't feel shame no matter what's coming up but to know that, you know, there's people out there that will have this conversation with you. You know, there's coaches. There are male coaches out there that will help you, you know, navigate your cycle and training. 
Yeah, I think, you know, ever since that post I did put out, the amount of people that have written to me and been like, like, I, I don't know how to do this or I don't have a period, I, I was genuinely quite shocked because also when I was not having my period, I was like, eh, everyone's the same, like all the elites. We, you know, if you took a survey on a start line, I could tell you that none of them are having their periods. Yeah. But that's not normal, you know, like longevity in this sport and wanting to be good role models. I mean, you can put all the Buddhist quotes you want to on your Instagram captions, but if you're not listening, like intuitive eating, and stuff well how about like intuitive processing that your body's meant to do yeah um and yeah that was kind of where I kind of come from I'm probably like (laughs) I got a lot to learn (laughs) yeah all right well no thank you so much and yeah you know opening up this conversation if people have questions you can both message us both um but follow us follow along and hopefully we can get the answers to you and yeah thank you so much for joining me thank you. have thank a great you everyone for connecting yeah yeah all right lots of love lots of love bye if you have any questions you can connect with me on instagram at amy kate bow i also write a daily blog you can sign up on my website, amykatebow.com. Thank you for making the space to listen today. Remember, take the long way home. Bye for now.